Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. It's the footballiest time of the year. With quarterbacks throwing and tailgaters ready for some brats and beer. It's the pig, pig skinniest time of the year. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. Welcome to the Dave Damashek football program, available as always on iTunes, Stitcher, and NFL.com slash Sheck. S-H-E-K, Sheck, Sheck, Sheck. Well, we've kibitzed and kibitzed and kibitzed some more. We filled the last six months. Thank you, World Cup. You were a fun little diversion. LeBron decision part two. Same, at least that one was more entertaining, I think, than the first one, or more satisfying at least. Baseball pennant races. What, what was there? Were Winter Olympics? I can't, I can't remember anything from what happened in those Winter Olympics aside from Bob Costas getting pink eye. But a big thanks to all of them for distracting us. What little they did, because it's back, everybody. It's football season, and how better to ring it in? Then with one of our very favorite football talkers in all the land, it's at Move the Sticks. Daniel Jeremiah, what's the poop, fella? How's summer been? Oh, summer was great, Dave. Had yeah. a little nice little trip to Alaska, but I, I got to tell you, it feels good that we're going to actually have some games that matter coming up here. Getting excited. I know it. It's it's really, I feel um, very pleased with, uh, you know, the the fact that it, it got on us a little more quickly. Some seasons it feels like forever. For me, I feel like it arrived relatively quickly. Um, the thing that occurs to me, and we're going to, by the way, dig into a little um, what we've been doing here for the last month or so, going by division and playing high-low, glass half empty, glass half full, if you will, if everything breaks right, what the best possible result for each team in the division is and what the worst possible result for each uh, team is going to be. And uh, that leads me to remind you, go to NFL now and uh, get that app or go to NFL.com slash now and make sure you do it because uh, Daniel, Jeremiah, and I are going to be doing in season, we're going to be doing a little glass half empty, glass half full kind of stuff. We'll evaluate these things, not just by team, but by player and by game and so on and so forth. We have a lot to promote, in fact, DJ. Bear with me here for a second. No, go for it. Let it rip. 
first of all, we just finished up you, me, Matt Money Smith, Akbar Baja Biamilla, Greg Rosenthal, Coach Brian Billick. We just did the Megacast. All the podcasts here at NFL Media got together, sort of like in the Godfather, the scene when the heads of the family all sit down to figure it all out. That's what we did. We got together this morning in front of the kickoff of the first game up there in Seattle, and we figured it all out for you by segment. Each podcast, like I say, represented, and uh, and I thought it was pretty good. And there will be videos, right, uh, Black Tie Behind the Glass? There's a video of each one. That's right. There's a video uh, of each segment, and each each segment was tier to a specific podcast. So this podcast, the Around the NFL podcast, the Coaches Show podcast, um, Fantasy Live, which the show is also a podcast, and so college, college football twenty four seven. Yeah, podcast. and maybe just maybe a new addition. That's why Daniel Jeremiah was there, as well as the fact that he's the favorite guest on every podcast here at NFL Media. You may soon uh, dip your toe into the podcasting waters, eh? Yeah, you know, back in the day, Dave, when I was let go in Cleveland, so we're talking 08. I, I didn't I, know you got canned. You yeah, got the boot Eric from Mangini, Cleveland. Eric Mangini came in. I had came over from Baltimore, eh, so anybody creep. that came I'm gonna over have, there. I have a few choice words That's for That's fine. It all worked out. So, uh, But when I, that, that time I had off before I took a job with the Eagles – I started a podcast when not many people were doing podcasts back then, and it was really um, just kind of me, you know, talking about the scouting and what you're looking for in positions and stories and a whole host of different things, and try and tie that in with current players and games. And I had a lot of fun with it, and that's why I love I love coming on your podcast. I love doing our college football podcast, but I'm kind of work on the side, see if we can come up with a Move the Sticks podcast where we can kind of take some of these ideas we had from before, throw some new wrinkles in there and get that one out there. So I'm hoping, efforting, I guess would be the word, uh, to get that out before uh, before we kick off next week. I don't week. know when efforting became I a... like that word. You All don't right. like efforting? It's a weird verb. I don't, I don't know that we need that it's one. It's a lot of effort. Yeah. I uh, Here's a completely random thought, because we have TVs here in Studio 66. Maximum strength! How do you or like the new like Dicks? Studio 66. All right, Black Tie. How do you like the new Dicks? I love the new Dicks. Yeah, pretty nice. Yeah, it'll be nice for you to I know, join us did, up here. Were these for you? Or was there is there I'm just waiting for us to find out that some super talent is coming in here and gonna be running a podcast and we're all we're all out. We're all, all of us are going to some other, you know, studio somewhere else and there's some mega star coming in here. Thank you, know Dave Damashek, for you know, bridging the gap into some actual talent. So now guys, that Daniel um, Jeremiah is here, he'll take it. I know you guys are wondering why I gathered you here. <laughs> <laughs> they asked you. Kamish Goodell said, Hey Black Tie, uh, Go ahead. You do it. You play why, Kirk for us. I, all these fancy monitors. Why, Black Tie, why is there uh, Ed Reed podcast uh, promos up all over the, uh, the studio in here? Is there something <laughs> that we don't know? Um, but I was watching TV. This has nothing to do with anything other than I was watching football. I was watching some of that Georgia State uh, oh, man. game the other day. And um, there was a commercial on. You know, it's. I, I feel like I've been gypped a little bit by life because – Based on every every movie, every commercial, every TV show, the the amount of times that somebody in that crowd, in that audience for the wedding, jumps up and yells "touchdown" and then looks around and realizes, "Oh no, I'm in church or I'm in I'm at a thing." I, it's amazing. I've never been at a wedding where that's happened. Never seen that. Sad. You've never no, seen that you? go down. No, but I, I almost wonder if it happens in uh, in church at all. Does I mean, anybody ever? One, have you ever been played? at a wedding when anybody objects? That's always in movies, too. If anyone here would like to... I've been at a wedding before where I, I thought about being that person. <laughs> no names. No names. 
That would be great to be that guy. Um, all right, let's dig into some football I have not here. been at any such wedding. However, though, if we we're going to go into things that are in movies that don't just make any sense, well, there's always parking downtown in movies. It makes zero sense. There's always street-side parking. Really? Yeah. Really, Michael Bay? It's really good. Oh, I have a lengthy list on this stuff. If you're just things that the the unreality of movies. It's it's ridiculous. It's always, for for example, a phone call always ends incorrectly. No one ever just stops talking and that's the end of the phone call. It's always a, all right, talk to you later. Bye. That never happens. Oh, so more. Well, I mean, the the one, my favorite one, I think, is in in movies with cops. There's the argument at the crime scene about whose crime scene it is. Like, you know, who has jurisdiction? The, yeah, the feds, are, the feds are here. Hold on, sheriff. I got jurisdiction here. Huh. This is my crime scene. Real cops, what, what, they want to get done. Yeah, I'm out. Yeah, you, you want this? Oh, awesome. My kid's, my kid's got a little league game in like 10 minutes. <laughs> hey, give me a call. Better yet, don't give me a call. Give uh, give somebody else a call if you change your mind on this because this is officially your jurisdiction, pal. You got it. All right, how, this... about, how about morning breath? That doesn't exist in the realm of movies, neither. Oh, People the hair. Well, even just bedhead. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's like, <laughs> yeah, oh, you're going to talk right in someone's nose after making up? As a kid, though, the, the one that stood out to me was watching Back to the Future when she writes the note out by the car. Or, you know, and she says like, "Call me," and writes her number down, and she literally does it in half of a second. And it's a full, <laughs> yeah. it's a full sentence with the number. And I think I want to say like a heart or or something. Speaking that she wrote of on notes, there. here's another thing that I bet has not. Well, maybe it has happened. If you have, uh, I'd love to hear your story, your sad tale. But has anyone ever dumped somebody with whom they live? By leaving a note uh, leaned up against uh, the uh, a vase or something like that, because that's every movie. The guy comes home or the woman comes home, and the closets are empty. They're just some empty hangers sitting there, and they look around. Oh, and they found the note. Like, sorry, I couldn't you just, hack you it. You just anymore. described every country music video of all time, <laughs> by the way. But in the history of mankind, no one's actually ever done that. Oh, it, oh. Oh, he's gone to work. Good. Now's the time to move out. Get uh, get the get the boxes here. Or also, I'll send for my things. Who yeah. sends for their things? I would love to have somebody that was picking up my things. I know. I wish I was so rich and powerful I could have others uh, fetch my stuff for me. All right, now listen. Let's talk about football, shall we? College football starting off this weekend, DJ. Yep. That's really exciting stuff. Um, and then pro football. What divisions have we covered here, Black Tie? Before we get into that, though, one thing I did, that did occur to me because Andy Dalton just flashed across the screen Here's what's a remarkable. I'm gonna need to turn that TV, those TVs off. If I know. That's I gonna do. I know. You and take oh, you the worst. What, what, what's the worst? What's the worst? What's the movie? It's like up or somewhere. Squirrel. <laughs> I really am that. That, that, is, that is. It's Dave. sad. That is me. I really dangle some shiny keys in front of me, and I will uh, lose whatever we're talking about. But you know, the nature. A phrase that's emerged in the last few years is it's an update league. You know, and I. I am guilty. It's also a copycat league, by yeah, the way. I, I've heard that. I also heard it's oh, a quarterback, so quarterback league. You have to. It's a quarterback league, and you know, yeah, you, you, you have to control the line of scrimmage if you want to win, and you have to run the ball if you really want to be good. It's all but, about turnovers. But don't turn it over. And you're only yeah. as good as protect your backup quarterback. Yeah, that's hey, right. I just protect, that out. just protect the ball. You know, it's a good idea to to control field position is always going to help your team. And uh, hey, don't lose the game. More games in the National Football League are lost than are won. <laughs> um, so. I was thinking about Andy Dalton specifically, and I'm guilty, I've, I realize. You know, week to week in season, you redefine what you think about every team based on what you just saw on Sunday, and you only have six days to to go to extend that conversation until it gets rewritten again. But with Andy Dalton, I feel like I've decided the Bengals are not relevant in the Super Bowl race because of Andy Dalton, because of how he played specifically 
against the Chargers. But the fact of the matter is he's been very productive. He has a ton of weapons around him. Hugh Jackson figures at least to be an upgrade. He's the victim more than anyone else I can think of of the last six months that we have really doubled down and tripled down and, and, and really gone crazy with the Andy Dalton has, isn't a guy who can win a big game. Is that, before we get into anything else, is it, where, where are you on Andy Dalton right now? Oh, I think Andy Dalton's a quarterback that, you know, is probably one of the top. I would put him probably in that 14 to 17 It's area funny. We counted it out, yeah. and I counted literally, what I say, 17 quarterbacks I counted as yeah, better than he that, is. that's kind of where, where he falls for me. Now, there's, there's 10, 12 teams that they would be a huge upgrade if they had Andy Dalton on their, on their team. But just when you look in the playoffs and you look at the teams you're going to have to run into – the defenses you're going to play play against the other quarterbacks you have to match up with. That's when he comes on, you know, gets the short end of the stick. And he has a very talented roster, but when they've played better teams, and a lot of times that happens when you get in the postseason, he hasn't measured up. Now he's young; he's he's still got plenty of time in his career to prove us wrong. I just don't think talent-wise, skill set-wise, there's anything that just blows you away. I don't know why I'm seizing on this, but I guess he really is. The reason is, is as I say, he's the personification of a guy who has been really beaten up in the offseason for one bad game. And so I'm trying to figure out what the reality and the myth of this guy is. Because just like we said before last season, the Bengals continue to be maybe the most talented top-to-bottom roster, not in their division, but in the whole conference. They should be... No one is picking them, in other words. I haven't seen anyone say boo about the Bengals making noise in January, and I assume it's because of that. Then again, Marvin Lewis maybe deserves some of the criticism here, mild though it is. But has anyone, by your recollection, DJ, done less and kept their job more in the NFL than Marvin Lewis? He's never won a playoff game. Yeah, but you look at where they were before he got there. I know it's been a very long period of time right now, and they're a consistent winner. But to me, it feels like where he is right now, it feels a little bit like the Tony Dungy Colt years, right? Where they're going to the playoffs every year, but there's no payoff at the end. And at some point in time, are you satisfied with winning that amount of games or eventually – um, you say we've got to get that, you know, find our John Gruden, so to speak, to take that next step. I think we're getting close to that time period for Marvin Lewis where you're talking about this year and next year. If it doesn't happen, even though they're winning 10, 11, 12 games, it's okay. We've got to find the guy to get us that next step. And maybe it is John Gruden. Well, I wonder I wonder who they will chase. Who is? Do, who do you think will be the hot names this offseason along with John Gruden? You're going to still – David Shaw's name is going to still come up from college. You're going to hear that a bunch. Um, Coordinator-wise, yeah, I got it. You know, one of the guys I really like long-term, I think their team's going to take a step back this year. But we've also seen guys get jobs for what they did the year before. I keep an eye on Doug Peterson with the Chiefs. Now, I think the Chiefs are going to come back to earth a little bit. Played well last year. Former quarterback, offensive guy, can help develop quarterbacks. Even if they don't win as many games this year, if you see Alex Smith play good football, I think Doug Peterson will be a name you start to hear about. Um, and, you know, back to Andy Dalton then. Um, I, I feel like – Frank Reich, too, in San Diego. This is like the huh. kind of the that backup quarterback group. And Jason Garrett's still, still hanging out there. But it's like the 90s when we were – Watching all that football in the 90s, all those backup quarterbacks. It's like the NBA with all the little point guards. They're all head coaches now. It's kind of coming. Who do you think is the Cowboys will chase if Jason oh, Garrett Harbaugh. and the Cowboys Jim have Jim Harbaugh. You do think so? And would, I think would Jim that Harbaugh, be an appealing gig to him? I think Jim Harbaugh next year will be the coach of the Dallas Cowboys or the Miami Dolphins. Whoa, this is strong yeah. stuff. I do. I, I just think Why? that's coming. I, I think that, that power struggle that kind of – you know, got reported out there, and they've tried to refute it. To me, it doesn't feel right, and I think if the 49ers were to not take that next step, not to get back to the Super Bowl this year, it'll be viewed as a disappointment. 
And I think, you know, we saw him exploring the trade, the coach trade with the Browns. I think we would see one next year. All right, I'm all over the place. So be it. We're trying to jam it all in here. We're going to get to the NFC North in just a second here. But that every time DJ sits down with us, he just starts dropping a bunch of uh, – of uh, crazy nonsense. On. No, I love it. This is exactly what I want. You are really emerging. You know what you could do? You could really, you, you're on your way to doing it, being the Peter Gammons of the NFL. I think that's the gig of a lifetime of all the things you can do in sports media. Peter Gammons for 20 years sat on ESPN and just randomly speculated about what he thought was <laughs> about to happen. And no one, so what if he's wrong? Nobody ever cares. Like I have an inside scoop that tells me, but Andy Dalton, what do you think about, um, his arm strength. Cause to me, I said a few months ago and it clearly is not going to be the case anytime soon, but I said, you know, AJ McCarron to me is going to get a start and not because Dalton is hurt. I think he's going to get a shot to me. Isn't AJ McCarron everything that Andy Dalton is, but maybe a little bit better. He had great not as mobile. He's not nearly as mobile as Andy Dalton is. Andy Dalton's a much better athlete than Boy, AJ that McCarron. Boy, that's some harsh criticism. Not nearly as mobile as Andy Dalton is not, a, is not something you want to put on you. Yeah, well, look, Andy Dalton, you saw him run around in college, and he can't extend plays a little bit inside this offense. A.J. McCarron's going to park it in the pocket. That's where he's going to be come hell or high water, and, and he'll sink or swim right bigger there. Bigger arm, though? Yeah, a little bit bigger arm, more size. Um, you know, I think I, I wouldn't look at that and say that's a slam dunk that he's going to you know get an opportunity there. Well, if you get pressure on Andy Dalton that's not good most QBs don't do great with it but the problem for Dalton is if you are a detractor of his and you know the the statistics do indicate that if you get pressure on him he really goes down the tubes fast that he's in the wrong division because the Bengals I mean because the uh, Browns certainly are going to bring it more even than they did last year and you would assume that Dick LeBeau now has the pieces in Pittsburgh that defense is predicated on athletic linebackers making plays you would think Jarvis Jones and Ryan Shazier and uh and uh you know uh Lawrence Timmons who's yep. the most perennially one of the most perennial underrated guys in the NFL Suggs and Doomerville and I mean, boy, oh boy, right? I'm, I, I'm, yeah. I don't, I'm not even counting on the Ravens having a, a big bounce back defensively. But, I mean, yeah, the, he's in the wrong division. That's at least four, if not six, tough games against uh, – But a, he's a, done well. He's done well playing against those teams. But the Steelers have not done what they – No, well, the Steelers are going to be better. Back, right. I'll give you that. I'll, I'll just say this. I, you know, I've worked in that division for two different teams and just knowing people around the league and knowing people with all those teams in that division. I've talked to, I don't know, maybe three or four people uh, post-extension for Andy Dalton – and brought the subject up, and it was met with a ho-hum, you know, like, yeah, okay. It wasn't like, oh, gosh, they just re-signed Andy Dalton. we got to deal with him for the next, you know, seven, eight years. It was just kind of, oh, I saw they re-signed Dalton. Well, that's fine. <laughs> um, who is your pick for that division, by the way? Cincinnati. Is Cincinnati. It? Just, I, I, you know, look, I, you stack up the quarterbacks in the division. He doesn't stack up at the very top, but I just think the other 21 starters are so talented um, he'll be able to just distribute the ball. They can run the ball more. I think Hugh Jackson will make more of an effort to, to make them a running football team, and I think defensively they're really talented. Well, I uh, I bring that up also because we talked to Ben Roethlisberger on our most recent podcast. How was podcast. that, by the way? I didn't get a chance to listen to it yet. Ah, uh, you know what? I went back and listened to it, and you know the rule here, DJ. No jive talk, and I'm not going to jive you, the listener. It wasn't my best work. Really? I feel like there was a – I felt a certain amount of pressure, you know. To, That's to, big. That doesn't get bigger than him. Literally. It wasn't no, I don't get nervous to talk to because of the star power, but this in particular, my, you know, I'm a Steelers fan and I wanted to You don't want to come you don't want to come off as you're too 
I didn't want to be too much of a homer, yeah. but I didn't want to be too critical. Um, the, I left. I, I left some meat let's on the bone. Yeah, let's give me a, give me TD's opinion here. It was so out of sorts that. He did not ask, what's the poop fella to start the conversation? Really? Yeah. Yes, and a lot of Trademark. people pointed this out on Twitter, and that's, you know. We had some good well, you conversations. Did, you did we you did we met we met uh, on some things. I you know I the game I always cite when say Ben Rot when people say the whole nonsense about well those early years Roethlisberger was carried by the defense so on and so forth. That's how he got that Super Bowl ring. I always say to people who point out well the the Seattle Super Bowl he was lousy in that the playoff games go back and that. look at the yep. Indy game and look at what he did in Denver and that's exactly the game he picked out. He said the Denver game is my best postseason effort ever. Mm-hmm. That's um, all fine and dandy, but uh, do you? know what I got when I interviewed one of my favorite quarterbacks? What's that? Hey, I'm Russell Wilson, and I throw a sexy deep ball. I, my <laughs> biggest, I'll tell you, my biggest regret with Roethlisberger was I should have had him as a Steeler fan. I should have had him chant, here we go, Steelers, here we go. I should have had that for all of time. How long did you talk to him? 12 minutes maybe, right, Black Tie, about that. Um, the question also I would like to have asked him, I, and now I turn to you, DJ, you evaluate the skill sets of all these guys, the measurables and so on. If all 32 starting quarterbacks got into a big Grand Royale fight, who would win? A fight amongst yeah, all the fight. quarterbacks? big bare-knuckle fight. Wow. Who you got, I'll Black you, I, I might go Cam Newton. He, yeah, is, I, he is stinking huge. When you stand I next agree. to him. I agree. Cam Newton or Ben Roethlisberger would be my two choices. I think Cam just more quick twitch. I think he can hit Ben three times before Ben responds. Yeah, but now Roethlisberger, he's on the wrong side of 30. He's got uh, officially old, he's got old man strength yeah. now. If Tebow was still in the league, I'll go Tebow. Ooh, that's a good For choice. Sure. He is not, though. He would he'd fight you all day long. He would never yeah. get tired. Yeah, he's that guy. Yeah, he totally he'd totally He'd kind of be like an ultimate warrior type, just kind of yep. shaking the ropes Probably and have a lot the, of the ties around his arms. It's a Superman move, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Big Ben pretty, pretty solid himself. Sturdy guy, you know, bounce, you know, you bounce off him. Like he's, uh, he's I bet if you dirty. caught Peyton Manning five years ago, he would surprise. I bet he probably has a little bit more strength than you anticipate. I'll Tom, you, Tom you know, Brady would not do well. You know who else is really big when you stand next to him is E.J. Manuel. I, I was thinking about E.J., yeah. Colin but Kaepernick you, would do pretty well, too. He'd probably be more yeah, of an yeah. MMA style. Yeah. Fight, like, he you know, get you in, he'll get you in some kind of arts. a triangle hold. Yeah. yeah, he's yeah he's he's got that exotic vibe yeah. to him. Yeah, he, yeah, we don't know what he knows. He yeah. might he might have uh, spent a year or two over in Thailand. You exactly. know, that's exactly yeah. what comes. Remember, you ever play Street Fighter, guys? Well, you're oh, too old for Street Fighter, Dave. Yeah. Little little Sagat going on. He has a little. Uh, th- he was a Thai fighter. <laughs> See, I got Jay Cutler would just throw one punch and be like, "Do we really want to do this? Let's just <laughs> come on. You you know, let's just call it. Who would be the Who would be uh, the uh, hold me back guy? Don't Jay Cutler actually might be the guy who the bad guy in movies who you punch and as hard as you can and like he turns his head and then he turns back around and kind of like half grins at you. That might be Cutler. Yeah. Philip Rivers would be the hold me back oh, guy. That's right. Just talking, just <laughs> jawing right. like crazy, right. and then the other guy like, "Let's do this!" I'm like, whoa, hey, whoa, whoa, go, get over here, get over here. Phil Rivers would be, yeah, he'd yeah. be a, a, in the conversation. I see. I regret not bringing this up to Roethlisberger now, but we talked about this, that, and the other, and I thought it was remarkable that I realize I among them uh, keep saying he uh, Blake Bortles is Roethlisberger incarnate. You know, maybe a little less uh, stout physically, but uh, but uh, slightly more mobile. And I asked Roethlisberger about that, and even he sees the similarities. They can't be denied. I would think that a professional athlete, given the ego required to play in the position, they don't want to hear about, hey, yeah, your career is nearly done, but here's another guy no one will – 
the world won't skip a beat because we already have somebody else like that. Um, Throw a couple but, guys in the ring there. Russell Wilson, I think he'll be pretty good oh, as well. Oh, stop it. I'll tell you what. How, how, long is the, how long good. is the fight? How long is the fight? Like, how long is the round? Uh, oh, two, three minutes. I mean, three minutes? Look, three minutes? Yeah. For the first two minutes and 45 seconds, nobody's beating Tony Romo. <laughs> Say <laughs> classic. He did but, it. DJ yeah. did it. He totally did it. Totally did. It was there for us. No yeah. one cashed in. DJ did it. Congratulations. I cashed that check. <laughs> um, hey, by the way, real quick, one more plug. Uh, Black Tie has uh, has dipped his toe into the writing waters now. I don't Whoa, know if you heard about I did this, not DJ. know this. He's got a piece up on NFL.com right now about Doing, uh, movie, movie reviews? About Madden. When you said the video games, <laughs> that's a great idea. Uh, you, you reviewed EA Madden, right? Yes. It wasn't necessarily a review. It was just more so how the how Madden's keeping up with today's NFL, like how last year, like coming up with the Seahawks to win over the Broncos, everyone's getting defensive. The game's getting defensive. You can play the game from the defensive point of view. But read it. Don't don't listen to me spoil it for you. All right, yeah, go to NFL.com. Track down Mine TV. just showed up. I just showed, Madden just showed up yesterday. My son played it all last night. He was happy. Really? Awesome. At uh, Producer TD is the way to track him down on Twitter. He's been tweeting nothing but uh, updates on how the – public at large is responding to his fine piece of writing there so track that one down oh yeah and one more thing and then we are getting to the nfc north about the roethlisberger interview that did stand out go back and listen to it i we, we talk a lot about how the seahawks players and in fact their fan base has a chip on its shoulder i detected a little bit and i mean in a good way a chip on roethlisberger's shoulder i asked him about the obvious sort of thing of you know it goes Peyton and Brady and Rodgers and Breeze, but very often the casual fan leaves Roethlisberger out of that. Very true. And depending on the expert you talk to, analysts like you, guys who played the game as well, say, oh, Roethlisberger's great. He just doesn't fit the same mold as those other four guys, but he is, he, you know, definitely is in that iron five of the QBs you'd want, you know, mm-hmm. leading man kind of stuff. I asked Roethlisberger about that, and you can detect his, his answer was, yeah, maybe someday people will look back and and uh, say, yeah, that guy was pretty good. Maybe we should have appreciated him a little bit more when he was still when he was still around. You can you, you can feel like yeah. he gets that there is a a vague level of disrespect for his skill set. You know, interesting. Yeah, it's, it's just it's more of a blue collar team. It has been a blue collar team. It's not a flash team, and the quarterbacks that get all the attention are flash quarterbacks. The the, the numbers are are usually higher because they're throwing it more. It's just a different style. Now they've thrown it but more when you, when in, you say, in, in yeah, Pittsburgh right. recently, but still, that's the that's kind of the reputation. When you say flash, had. though, you know Peyton Manning and Tom Brady and Drew Brees are anything but flashy. Yeah, but there's their six, numbers. There's six are. touchdown games are flashy. Right. No, the numbers yeah. are, but the deeds to watch them are not spectacular. The way Rodgers, Roethlisberger, Cam Newton are spectacular, gunslinger inaccurate to some degree compared to Brady and Peyton, mm-hmm. those guys that are on the money. What would you rather have? The guy who is the glory I, – I, I don't know what the term is yet, but I'm trying to figure it out. The game manager has a stink on it. Mm-hmm. But what is Tom Brady and Peyton Manning? The, what those guys are are game managers. They don't turn the ball over much. They're on the money. Um, they get the ball to they their play pass catchers. The, they play within the function of the right. offense. right. You always, if you have that, you are almost always going to get to the postseason. But when you're limited by that, when you're not the gunslinger, then you don't take the chances you need to take to get your team over the hump in tough spots like Roethlisberger, Favre, and so on. 
So which is better? Which would you rather have if you're building a team? Well, it depends on what, yeah, what you're looking for. You want that consistent, you know, winner every single year. You want that team that's going to get you to the playoffs. You want a chance. The guy has the, the higher ceiling, the way I look at it, to make great plays and to make things happen. You talk about getting in the postseason. You have to be able to make some of those off-schedule plays. So to me, if you're, you know, if you're building your team, you know, I, I always look at everything from a job security standpoint. Give me the guy that's going to run what we want to run and get me mm-hmm. in the postseason every year. We that's just talked a- about Marvin Lewis having a job, haven't won any postseason games. Well, and that's exactly, you know, that's exactly Whereas right. If Mike about- Tomlin has another bad year or something, now we're talking about Mike Tomlin. Is he, you know, is it, is it time for something there? You know what I mean? I agree. If the Steelers, you know, if they had a, a stinker, if they, as a matter of fact, if they go seven and nine, there will be a lot of people on the banks of the Three Rivers calling for an end to the Mike Tomlin era. There, there's no doubt about that. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I, I love the I love to look at it that way. Is let's let's say this, Joe Montana. We we did this question when about a year ago. Black tie. I love that question though. Would you rather have John Elway, Brett Favre, and Ben Roethlisberger, or Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, and who's another guy who cuts that figure? You didn't put Montana in there with them. Well, Montana could run around some. He yeah. could he, he could improvise or more than those guys. Would you rather talk about the NFC North? All right, creeps, fine. We'll get into it. I just think that's a fun season, philosophical question. Like you question. said, it's the football is time of the year. Let's get ready for the season. All right. Also, that uh, was a, but I also enjoyed one more thing. Mark Sessler asked a grace question on the last podcast right after Roethlisberger. Would you, if you were the Steelers and Jags, Blake Bortles for Ben Roethlisberger, who would say no to that deal, to steal one from uh, Bill Simmons? Who says no to that deal? Jacksonville would say no. Jacksonville just, 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 be, right. just because you have young coach, young general manager, young quarterback. That's the way it works. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, all right, let's get into it then, Black Tie. The NFC North, like we've done for pretty much all the other divisions, the high-end, low-end potential for each. Let's start with the Green Bay Packers. Daniel Jeremiah, everything breaks right. The health is sound for uh, for the guys up there. What's the best thing you possibly do? I'm better yet. What? How about DJ? How about you set up the best record possible? And in give the, us a storyline of why that yeah. best record would happen and the worst record possible and give us a storyline of why that would be possible. Just with Green Bay. Why didn't I just do that? I mean, how like is that said, any different Dave, than what I just said? Your days are numbered here. So, it, you know, we're making this transition easier, you know. Wow. Oh, I get it. I yeah. get it. Wow. So I don't even get to have an opinion. Fair enough. You're the boss. You're tough but fair, Black Tie. All right, Green Bay Packers, everything goes well. And in my opinion, that has to do with their pass rush getting cranked up. Julius Peppers staying healthy to compliment Clay Matthews. Clay Matthews staying healthy. With their passing game on offense, what they're going to be able to do there with Aaron Rodgers, all the weapons they have, they're going to score a ton of points. It's going to put teams in a position where they have to throw the football. So to me, it comes down to that pass rush. Those guys stay healthy, play well. Green Bay Packers could be a 13-3 and team. I agree with that. And first of all, Dayton Jones, how good can he be? Seems like they're give him excited some inside. You can give him some inside pass rush. He can kind of balance those guys out a little bit. How big a loss is B.J. Raji? Figuratively or literally. Well, I know that he grades horribly, but then again, nah, he was playing eater. some end, yeah, and I would think you just want a big, uh, a, big a big fella, spa- a space eater. So is that? A I just think. I just loss? think. I just think when I look at their division and you look at the Lions chucking it, the Bears chucking it, you got to worry about the Vikings with Adrian Peterson. But overall, I, I'd rather have rather have my horses on the outside stay healthy. If you told me I had to lose a B.J. Rogers or some of my interior guys, I, to me, the whole thing is keep those two edge rushers healthy and productive. I agree with that, and it's funny. Talk about narratives and all that sort of thing. One of the very biggest stars two years ago or three years ago, I mean, top six or eight star 
in the league was Clay Matthews. Yep. But injuries have now removed him. Nobody, he, He's sort of out of the conversation now. If you get a healthy year out of him, he can be the best pass rusher in the NFL. Yeah, he's still really gifted. I mean, to me, Vaughn Miller and Alden Smith yeah. are the two kind of freaks. J.J. Watt, I mean, th- those guys have dominated the discussion. But I think you talk about sack totals and numbers. Yeah. If Clay Matthews can stay healthy, he can get up there in the high teens. And what am I missing? I know HaHa Clinton Dix was a needed addition there, but – the trio of cornerbacks they have, young and fast, right? Yeah, and they got some size, too, and they can play up and get up into people, which they're going to need to do because the receivers, when you look at that collection of receivers in that division, I throw Cordero Patterson in there as well in mm-hmm. Minnesota. You better have some corners. All right, so 13-3, and three, I agree pretty much with that. But looking at their schedule, even if they are a good team, I'd say 12-4. and four. But, yeah, the high end is probably 13-3. and three. All right, low end then. Well, the low end to me is if something ever happened to your quarterback. I know, but don't do T- that. You're taking that's that too, off the that, table. Yeah, let, don't, let, and, and that's true for 20 teams. If you took their quarterback yeah, away, no, they would okay, be okay, down every, the everything you know. So health, everybody stays healthy. If things don't break their way, I still think worst case scenario, this is an eight and eight team. Really, I wouldn't even go that low. I, it's hard for me to fathom how they could you really get from, off the rails. Yeah, I mean that's 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 the worst case scenario. Okay, let's go next then to the Chicago Bears. I have said already to, you know, I don't mind your ridicule. That's fine, reader on NFL.com or colleague Daniel Jeremiah. I stand by what I said. Year two, Mark Tressman, the black horn rim glasses, the weapons that he has around him, a good offensive yep. line. If you haven't been paying attention and you stick with that noise about the Bears have a terrible offensive line, no, you it's that. now fixed. Jay Cutler's going to be the MVP of the NFL this year. That's a bold one. How's he not? He's going to put up massive numbers. How couldn't he put up massive numbers with that, with what he's got around him? No, it's a bold prediction. I don't think it's it's totally crazy. Um, when I look I at do. their – Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't say – if I was going to list candidates, he would probably be in my 7 to 10 range. All right, that's not so That's bad. not terrible. But uh, when I look at their team, Chicago, I think everything goes perfect for them. Um, I still think on defense they got to shore some things up. I don't know, Jared Allen, what all you're going to get there. You know, is he going to stay healthy? Is he going to be productive? Still worry about him at the safety position. I'd say everything goes perfect for them. That's eleven and five team. Really? Because to me, they're they they are um, ego Ferguson and Will Sutton. And based on what I've read, and I obviously am not breaking down what they're doing on the uh, defensive yep. interior, but people seem very hip on both of these guys. Now I know. Obviously, they're incented to feel that way. They just drafted them in here into Chicago. But I get the sense that they legitimately think these guys are going to be good starters for them. If that happens, maybe it's not in the first couple of weeks of September. But by midseason, if those two guys hit their stride and their stuff in the run, then that's a complete football team, top to bottom, no? I don't know. Lamar Houston and company. I mean, I just I – just... I don't look at that team and, and have a real fear factor with what they have on the defensive side of the ball. Hmm. I, I just don't. All right. So that's that's where I am. Uh, low end then. Low end for them, I would say six and ten. Whoa, they could go that low, huh? Six and ten. I mean, I just look. Jay Cutler is capable, like you said, of having an MVP year. He's also capable of going through a little bit of a slump in that division. Yeah, it's but now brutal. you got Jimmy Clausen. Yeah, Jimmy Clausen looked like he man in the uh, in the preseason. I just think in that division. I look at their games, okay, those six division games, they could lose any of them. I mean, all those teams are capable. So I don't think there's any layups on that schedule. Detroit Lions, high end, Jim Caldwell era begins. High end, I would say 10 and 6. Really? Yeah. I, I would think you'd uh, be more optimistic about I like, that. I love them on offense. I just think on the defensive side of the ball and the secondary, again, this is, you know, this division with these quarterbacks, secondary concerns, that worries me a little bit. 
I feel like we just went through three teams, and all three of those, I keep saying this, the NFC West has been great, but now is the day of the NFC North. That is the division that will rule the 2014 season. And I'll go so far as to say all three of those teams we just talked about are going to the postseason. Offense matters more than defense now. I know the Seahawks just won the Super Bowl, but – you know, that powerhouse kind of offense, as long as you get something uh, from the from the defense. And, you know, Zicky Ansa, you know better than I do, but, you know, it was two years ago. He was a project at BYU, had barely ever played football, but his talent can't be denied. He's he's a better version of JPP and, you know, in terms of uh, uh, what he has physically. And in his rookie season, he was dinged up a little bit, I think, but um, – Still, I think it was eight sacks or something like that. A pretty nice rookie season mm-hmm. for a guy you you position as a project, a guy who's uh, not a finished uh, guy in his rookie season. Year two, still with Indomitian Sue next to him, a guy who has been very good but inconsistent. I feel like, man, those two guys, when is this defensive line in Detroit yeah. going to pay off all the promise? Yeah, we got all that, all those high picks invested in there. Nick Fairley, I was there during training camp. He didn't look all that hot when I was there during training camp. He's done, I assume. Yeah, That's why I didn't so include take him. take him off there. And, and Dominican Sue is just a power player. I like to see him be a little more um, varied in the way he tries to get to the quarterback. It's all power with is him. Is he good? He's, he's, he's a really good player, but he's not – you know, anywhere close to when we talk about J.J. Watt and some of these other interior guys that can really, really rush the passer. He's just not a gifted passer. Top rusher. five in his position? At his position, I would say he's in that, yeah, I would say, you know, McCoy in, is is a freak show. J.J. Watt's at the very tippy top. You know, he's a 3-4 end. But um, those two guys, I, I think there's a sizable gap before you get down to, to, to a Sioux from those two guys. So to me, when I just look at him, I just you know I have I on that defensive side of the ball. I like what you're saying about Ansa, um, and the Jim Washburn's going to let him kick out in that wide nine and, and get upfield, and he's got a chance to have a big year. I just worry about people just kind of picking him apart in the back end. How much can, will uh, will Vince Lombardi's um, uh, Joe Lombardi Joe do for that offense? I mean, yeah, is he, I, mean is I mean, the thing coming was out the of offense, there from New Orleans. Yeah, the offense was was has was great. Yeah, before. I mean, it's not like they have to do all these drastic changes. You just got to get Matt Stafford to take a little bit better care of the football. But, I mean, they ran the ball a lot better last year than people give him credit for with Joyke Bell and Reggie Bush. Um, sack wise, I think they gave up the second fewest sacks in the NFL. Um, it's just Stafford just taking care of the ball. And I love when I was there in training camp. Golden Tate was fantastic, and part of the reason is because going up against those crappy cornerbacks. We're talking about, but I think he is positioned to have a really good year. I think he's the best guy opposite Calvin uh, that they've had there. So that to me is a great addition. Lombardi's going to put him in a bunch of bunch stuff, and he's got the Jimmy Graham package he can incorporate with Eric Ebron once he gets more comfortable. Um, they have three tight ends they can put on the field. They can do a lot of different things. They have you know, Reggie Bush is obviously very versatile. They really like Theo Reddick. I mean, they've got they've got a lot of weapons on offense for him to play. You've with. been talking about Theo Reddick for some time now. And, uh, yeah, it, it does seem like coming out of that New Orleans system and uh, the clever stuff that Peyton and Breeze did to now take that up to Detroit, yeah. I think that offense, like you, well, I think we both agree, but if the Bears' defense isn't bad, if, if it skews more in the direction you think it will um, versus my more optimistic frame of mind about it, there could be some 78 to 74 games <laughs> between Detroit and Chicago. Yeah. Well, just look at the entire division. When you just look at the wide receivers in this division, I put this this group of wide receivers by far the best of any division in football. This It's funny because these three quarterbacks of these three high-powered offenses all in, in broad strokes – 
don't cut the figure. It's something we've talked about that, you know, the field general and Peyton yells at guys and all that kind of jazz. And Tom Brady will yell at his guys a little bit and so on and so forth. None of those three guys These do These are like it. the frat, the, fr- the fraternity brothers is kind of what this division of quarterbacks yeah. is. Is that bad? Do you it's look a, at it's that? A hat, it's a hat backwards. You know, we got our khakis on and our shirt untucked. You know, it's not it's They not all want to win. Yeah. I, I don't doubt that any – I don't think anybody doubts that Aaron Rodgers is interested in winning mm-hmm. football games. But they all, they all do have that kind of shrug kind of – they're not leading men in their – uh, in the persona that at least that we see is that a do you look at that at the dra- at the combine are you looking at that like I don't know he I don't get the vibe off him is that something that you guys t- kibitz about nah, I mean just in terms of you know how you handle yourself it was it was a bigger deal when I first started scouting and there were a lot of old scouts in 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 the mix I remember being in, in meetings where I mean we were having discussions about guys having tattoos and it was like this guy's got earrings and it was like it didn't take and? long. Well, it's just you know you listen. So what you side listen, did you come down? You on? listen to the old scouts kind of say their piece because that had been a big deal for a long time for them, and then it was maybe a year or two in. So this is like oh four oh five, where you know finally we just started saying you know what, all of our best players have tattoos and earrings, and you look around the league, it's not an, it's not we're not we're not talking about this anymore. That's and that interesting. Was and that was it. Um, all right, let's round that out here. Oh, before we do though, Peyton Manning, I said about the yelling. Can you imagine? I tweeted it as out, and people accused me of race baiting. It has nothing to do with the race. Uh, but Peyton Manning running down the field, when he t- chases down DJ Swearinger to berate him for what he perceived as a bad hit, which it was not at all. It's ridiculous. Go back and look at the play. What was DJ Swearinger supposed to do in that situation? The guy is going full speed at a guy who's going full speed at him. The, the Wes Welker gave him no target other yeah. than what Swearinger took. Um, but either way, Peyton Manning takes it as a slight and chases him down and jaws at Swearinger. Imagine, I, I said, what if Cam Newton had done that? What would be the reaction? Because the media's reaction was, look at Peyton. He's still got some spunk. He's ready to go for the regular season. And ha-ha, it's hysterical. But if Cam Newton did that, he would be, this kid needs to grow up. He needs to behave himself. See, he still doesn't know what, what it takes to be a quarterback in the National Football League and all that kind of pious stuff. And it has nothing to do with Cam Newton's race. It has to do with the perception that we have of Peyton versus a guy like Cam Newton. How say you? It's true. You can, in, you can insert the, new, the newer quarterback in Johnny Manziel. Eisen and I, Eisen started going at me on Twitter too on Saturday about the same thing. And he said, I think Peyton's earned it. He's been in the league for 16 years. He's, uh, if anybody's going to police the, going to be the on-field policeman, it should be him. I don't know. Isn't he, isn't he biased? Isn't Peyton Manning biased on the field? He's biased for for his guys. Who's he to police versus anybody else in that situation? Well, that's a fair point. One other side of this thing I was that it literally just came to me. I just kind of figured it out when uh, I was a big fan of DJ Swearinger when he came out, huge fan to the point where I said, if I had a red star on a player, I would have put it on him just because I loved how aggressive he played. He kind of reminded me of somebody who would have really liked in Baltimore. And when, uh, you know, they asked you to do comparisons to NFL players, I compared him to Bernard Pollard and Bernard Pollard. I just had to look it up was fine for the huge hit on Wes Welker. So now DJ Swearinger has lived <laughs> up to the uh, to the comparison by taking his shot at Wes Welker. But no, I didn't think it was. I didn't. Th- I don't like you said. I don't know what else he's supposed to do in that situation. But I mean, but I, you know. And by the way, for the record, I I love trash talking. It's funny. Any personality is great by me. If uh, Phil Rivers 
is it, it amuses me. I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd love it for my QB for the team I root for, but it's still interesting to watch. It adds some color to the games. I'm not opposed to Peyton doing it. I'm opposed to everybody hailing him like this was a brilliant move when you know 25 other quarterbacks do something like that. They would be berated for being yeah. classless or whatever else. All right, let's get to the Vikings now. Matt Castle wins the gig for how long? I'm not sure. Either way, he'll be under center in week one. Adrian Peterson, a good offensive line, like you say. Cordero Patterson, Greg Jennings, Kyle Rudolph. Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer looked good, man. He slimmed up. He's running well. I mean, this is – and, you know, the question is defense, but then Mike Zimmer in year one – well, I'll I'll let you speak your piece and then I'll ask you a question about Zimmer. No, I think, again, this team is – everything can go perfect for him. Adrian Peterson – Looks like he always has. He doesn't seem to age. If he has a, a big-time year, take some of that pressure off Matt Castle, who has looked really comfortable in this new offense with Norv Turner. And then even if Castle were to struggle, Teddy Bridgewater is a promising player. I, I think everything goes perfect for him. This is a 10-6 and six team. Pretty good. And, you know, people poo-poo. Like, it, it's, it's funny. It's a three-horse race in a lot of people's minds, but the Vikings were in the playoffs players. two they, years they, ago. They got players. Um, how quickly can a coach be expected if his specialty is defense? And uh, in year one, obviously, he hasn't had time. But they did bring in some players for him um, in the draft and otherwise. How quickly can Zimmer be expected to, to make this a decent defense? I, th- I, th- I think he will. I think he can make it a really good, solid defense right now. Just look at Rob Ryan, what he inherited and how bad it was in New Orleans having a coordinator Brought some creativity to the job that he did. And you look at his brother Rex, you know, going going from Baltimore to the Jets, and it seems like they're top five defense every single year right from the jump. It is interesting when you watch the greatest example of that is probably the same basic group of players going from Mike Singletary to Jim oh, yeah. Harbaugh. If you have any question of the difference a coach can make, um, you know, that's a pretty – as far as that goes, I'm did interested. Did you bring that up to, to to Mike Singletary when he was in here with you? Did you? I didn't have the time. Okay. Elliot Harrison, our pal, was too busy explaining to Mike Singletary why the 46 defense worked. <laughs> to the middle linebacker, the Hall of Famer. Like, let me tell you now why Gary the defense Fensick. you played in worked out. Gary <laughs> Can't you say don't, it. You don't have Gary Fensick. That thing doesn't run. <laughs> there was Coach Singletary there. Can't say it. Yeah, I told. You got to do that. <laughs> That's great. I asked him to to tell me that uh, I'm not a good enough podcaster. Can't do it. Can't. He said I won't say it. So that's the closest we got with him. Can't All say right. it. Daniel Jeremiah, if you are listening to this on Thursday, in front of uh, the afternoon, then listen live. If not, and it's more likely that you are listening to it after the fact, you can still find it at iHeartRadio or go to five seventy AM five seventy dot com because Daniel Jeremiah is sitting in with our pal Matt Money-Smith today on uh, on that great radio show and should be fascinating stuff listening to these two go back and forth in front of the season's kickoff. In addition, you can go to NFL.com and to NFL Now, and you will see what uh, we talked about there. The Supercast, the heads of the families, all getting together to figure it all out for you. Videos galore for you there. Uh, DJ Matt Money-Smith. Akbar Bajabiamilla, Coach Brian Billick, Greg Rosenthal, and me yapping this uh, about this, that, and the other. Black Tide did a great job putting that together. Make sure you check out his column as well about Madden. Oh, also, 
Make sure you check out at NFL.com. I tried a little Harvey Levin type thing. I went around and TMZ'd the staff a bit. You're lucky you missed that, DJ. I went around and uh, found oh people where they were. I thought it was fun. That it was, was casual. That was actually fun. It was fun because, yeah. you know, everybody, all, everybody's always polished up with their makeup all over, their punum yeah. and all that. No one does that, that. That's not reality. I found the reality. I went around with a camera. Somebody was standing by a salad bar. That's where I ate. I hit them up. It's odd you had mentioned the salad bar. Oh, the Dave Damashek soup station. Yes, uh, serving up soup to everybody at the NFL media. All right, DJ, great stuff as always. Uh, thanks for uh, this and for being a part of our, uh, our, our Supercast. We'll look forward to hopefully seeing the uh, Move the Sticks podcast back up on NFL media very soon. And uh, obviously we'll see you all over the place on every platform once the season gets rolling here. The great Daniel Jeremiah, a.k.a. at Move the Sticks. Oh, and black tie. Should we round it out just for fun? We interviewed Mike Ditka a couple weeks ago in Canton. Why don't we play that for him right now? He had some interesting thoughts. Um, if we don't catch up with you before the season's kickoff, me and Matt Money Smith are heading up to Seattle for Fail Mary 2. Can't wait for that. So we'll come at you at some point next week from up there. Fail Mary 2, Road to Redemption. Is that what it's called? Yeah, I did a movie trailer for that when I got the news season for schedule you. came out, and that was my title. I got news for you. I know Seattle's kept that chip on its shoulder based on the way they played in the in the preseason here. I have a hunch Aaron Rodgers and that team has a chip on its shoulder for losing the Fail Mary 1. For what it matters, I think they're going to go in there and win that game. I know the, the road team never wins that game, but I think this time they will. Um, that, that season kickoff. All right, so listen, we've said it all and then some. Oh, also, Ross Tucker and I are on Adam Carolla Thursday night. Be on the lookout for that podcast. We'll be talking some NFL season preview. What else would you expect us to do? We're both going to be on there uh, with Carolla, so be on the lookout for that one. All right, about half a show's worth of promotions and then some uh, some real nuggets there from DJ. Great stuff, huh, Black Tie? Really good. All right, really good. Here he is. Let's uh, turn it over. My conversation a couple weeks back with Coach Mike Ditka. All right, this is great on many levels for me as a pro football fan, as a Pitt football fan growing up in Pittsburgh, and my mom is from the same, not just town, but the same block as this guy was growing up in Aliquippa, PA. It is, of course, the legendary coach and player, Cowboys, Bears, and so on. Mike Ditka, how are you, sir? I couldn't be any better. You look like you... It's a great time right now in my life, and it's uh, I'm enjoying it. Well, good for you. You look uh, you look nice and healthy, nice and uh, sun. Well, I play a lot of golf. I don't play good golf, but I play a lot of golf. But I, I have fun, and uh, that's what I do. Well, let me tell you this real quick. Uh, my mother, Michelle Zubasic, yeah. at the time grew up on your block, and she told me once that uh, she was not allowed to play with the Ditka yeah. boys growing up because they used to pull down under uh, little girls' underpants. True or false? Not the Ditka boys, the Ditka boy, me. Because I was the older. But I tell you what, I never pulled down anybody's underpants, but I did get my butt whipped a lot by my dad. So, hmm. I, But I did have a knack of getting in trouble. I mean, I could get in trouble when I was a kid better than anybody. What do you think then, uh, speaking of trouble, I mean, that's what everybody's buzzing about in 2014. What about a guy like Johnny Manziel? What do you make now? Everybody is very, gets up on Mount Pius, in my opinion. When you think about Mike Ditka and Paul Horning and Max McGee, I mean, you guys were known to enjoy a drink or two. I, I just have to say one thing. Uh, I, let it play out, will you? The media, let it play out. I've heard all the, 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 the critics, and, 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 and fine, they have a right to be critical if they want to. I'm a Johnny Manziel fan. I'm sorry. 
I like the guy. I like what he brings to the table. I like his talent. I like his confidence. And maybe if I was drinking, I'd have a beer with him. Hmm. Yeah, see, if nothing else, yeah. he'd be a good guy yeah. to hang out yeah. with. I'm sure he'd uh, be fun. Um, what do you make in the 21st century? It seems as though the Seahawks and Pete Carroll are riding a wave of a new sort of mentality when it comes to coaching professional athletes in the 21st century. You know, Mike Tomlin, Rex Ryan, uh, Jim Harbaugh, all players coaches and all successful ones at that. Is there still room? I mean, you were known to be more of a hard-nosed guy, get in the face of a player a little bit. Bob Knight, George Hallis, uh, Vince Lombardi. Is there a place for that kind of coaching in the 21st century? Well, I, you know, I, 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 I still think Lombardi was a player's coach if you talk to his players. I think Landry was a player's coach if you talk to them. Uh, I think I was a player's coach. But, I mean, the rules are rules. You have to have a set of rules. You have to have discipline. You have to do certain things. Now, Pete, it, it, the way he's done is pretty interesting and is very, very successful. Uh, they've created a heck of a football team up there. A lot of pieces in the puzzle on the defensive side of the ball. Great young quarterback. They do some things that are uh, – and, and, and Pete's a – high-energy guy. He's a go-go guy. And I think he's a young guy, and he infuses that energy into that ball club, and they receive it pretty well. So I think there's a lot of ways to get it done. But you can't get it done unless you got the horses to run the race. They got the horses to run this race. Let's play real quick here. You know, you have your gold jacket. And by the way, I ask it of all Hall of Famers, why don't you wear the gold jacket more? Shouldn't you wear it? What about if you, you should wear it on TV when you go out to dinner, you know, just to show everybody, remind everybody, hey, guess what I have and you don't. You know what I'm saying? No, well, the Hall of Fame is, uh, it's not about anybody else knowing about it. It's, it's what I feel about it. So my jacket hangs in my closet. It comes out once a year. I bring it when I come here and I put it on for maybe uh, five hours when I'm here and it's good. You know, but it's a great honor. I really, I, I see the guys today. Uh, Listen to some of the comments they make. I'm too old to be doing all that, but it's uh, it's interesting because if you look at the history of the National Football League, I was in a room today with probably 80 Hall of Famers. That uh, really that depicts the whole history of the National Football League over the last 60, 70 years. And people who have a tendency to look at things where they're at instead of where they started. So this has been an evolution. It's been unbelievable. You turn it into a multi-billion-dollar business. But it started out with, you know, robbing Peter to pay Paul. Hmm. So Mr. Hallis had to do that and Nambo and those guys. But it's worked out pretty good. Let's talk about the Hall of Fame right now and uh, specifically some current NFL players. And, of course, uh, everybody knows that you are a Chicago Bear, one of the most legendary Chicago Bears. Matt Forte, when his career is done, do you expect that uh, he finishes it in Canton getting a gold jacket, yes or no? I think Matt Forte is one heck of a football player. I think what will help everybody's resume, including Matt's, is a, is a Super Bowl championship, more championship. Uh, I really think that always helps. I mean, but Matt, to me, is one of the most versatile players in the NFL today. I don't think he gets nearly the credit he deserves. Outstanding guy. Uh, you can use him as a receiver, running back. Uh, he's a good blocker. He's not just a good football player. Now, I don't vote on the Hall of Fame. If I did, a lot of guys would be in it, but uh, I don't vote on it. But it's, it's a great honor, and uh, I don't think Matt's thinking about that right now. I think what he's thinking about is how can we get a championship back to Chicago? What do you make of uh, Jay Cutler? I've been advocating not only is he going to have a great year with Mark Tressman and all those pieces he has out there around him, I think he has a real shot at uh, the MVP this season, and Brandon Marshall has uh, recently said the same thing. 
Well, I love Jay Cutler. I love his talent. I mean, he's got to step in and do, be the leader of that football team. But, yeah, Mark's done a great job with him. I think the maturing process of the whole offense is outstanding. Defense is going to be a lot better, guys. They really are. Jared Allen's going to help him. He's going to bring a maturity and leadership on the defensive side of the ball. The draft's going to help him in the secondary because they, they were very poor in the secondary. You can't outscore people every week. You've got to stop them sometime. So you, your defense is going to be the key to what you do. If, if you have a good defense like we had in 85, it didn't matter what we did on offense. You know, give us some time, we'll catch up, and, and that's what happened. But the defense triggers everything. Couple things real quick for you. I just caught up with Mike Singletary a couple weeks ago and asked him these same two questions. First of all, in 85, listen, I don't jive, and I hope you won't be offended by this, Coach. I contend that if the Miami Dolphins, in the dome, on the fast track, if they could take you down in South Beach, then I think they might have taken you down in the Super Bowl. Do you ever look back on that and think, good thing we got the Patriots and not Dan Marino? And no, uh, I, I never thought about that, but I, I do know that uh, uh, Miami probably was as good as anybody in the league at that time. And Coach Shula had a great group of guys. And yeah, I, I would say that uh, probably at that point, they would probably would have been a better, formable, more formidable opponent for us. But I, hey. I was just glad to get us there. Once I got us there, once we got it there, I knew we were going to be okay. I also contend that had Charles Martin, I mean, one of the, I mean, if that had happened in the 21st century with uh, social media and everything else, that he would be much more vilified than he was the Packers uh, defensive lineman who spiked uh, Jim McMahon on his shoulder. Do you ever feel like, wow, that was really a dynasty? If it weren't for that one play, that dirty play by Charles Martin, we win at least one more Lombardi. Wow. Well, I don't know. I really don't. I, uh, <clears throat> I believe that the people on the field were the best people. Jim McMahon was our quarterback. He was a good football player. The kid backed him up with Steve Fuller. I thought he was a good football player, too. You know, when you put a new quarterback in or replace a quarterback because of injury, it's up to the rest of the team to make that adjustment. And I, I thought we did a pretty good job. We just, on the Monday night, we just got, got the wrong team, the wrong hmm. coach. Last question for you, Coach Ditka. Who is the most handsome Hall of Famer ever? Huh? Most handsome Hall of Famer. Handsome. Gosh, I don't, don't know. Don't be bashful. If you think it's Mike Ditka, you no, can say no, Mike no, Ditka. No, no, no. I, I, I was looking today. And, uh, a lot of guys look really good. I, I saw Dan Fouts. He really looked good. I mean, there's a lot of guys. Danny Marino. I mean, I couldn't. Come on. There's a million guys out there. I, Dan I mean, Fouts? Yeah, Dan. With that beard? He's the most handsome? I said he looked good. I right. didn't say that. By he, his standards. He looked like maybe. Sherlock Holmes or somebody. He looked good. <laughs> I liked it. And Dan, I mean, I don't know who you, you know, you know if you know, uh, I mean, I, mean I, I think it's all in the eyes of the beholder. I mean, I mean a lot of the guys, uh, Mike Wervin's a nice looking guy. I mean, mm-hmm. Tony Dorsett's a nice looking guy. You know, Jim Brown's a nice, I mean, I don't know. You go on and on and on, but I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, I, what I say? I said that uh, that one guy looked pretty. Hey, Bob Greasy. I mean, they, they all look good. I mean, how about Joe Namath? He's from the same well, area. Well, absolutely, but he wasn't there today. I see. So I didn't see him today, and I forgot about him. And Joe Namath is a fantastic, fantastic guy and a fantastic football player. And he put Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania, on the map forever. And another guy from Beaver Falls, Joe Walton, wasn't bad either. Joe Walton, yeah. and then in the, from that general yeah. area, the yeah. Steel Town, where yeah. my uh, grandfather was uh, in J&L for, uh, for, the, for decades on end. Tony Dorsey. America Bridge, Ambridge, all the good players came oh. out of there. 
1972, my grandfather called my father and said, I just saw a kid playing at Hopewell who's yeah. going to break all the college records when he gets to Pitt, and somebody, so he did. Somebody Tony told me Thompson. that, too, the same thing. We got a kid out in Hopewell. You, you got, we got to see him play. Now, how he ended up Pitt getting him, I don't know. Hmm. He could have went anywhere in the country, and Tony was special. Last thing is, by the way, don't we have to improve? Pitt keeps putting guys over the last decade or so. Darrell Revis, Shady McCoy, even Andy Lee is maybe the best punter in the league. And yet, we struggle to make a Under ball the, game every year. The kid coming in today, uh, coming in the league, the defensive tackle is going to be a great player in the league, too. Uh, out of Aaron pit. Donald, Aaron, right? Aaron's a good football player and a good kid. Uh, you know, it, it takes more than just players. You've got, you, you got to have a system, and you've got to get the right people in the system. Uh, and it's not getting any easy. Well, they're playing in the ACC right now. Mm-hmm. Not getting any easier, so it's well, maybe be hard. We, maybe you put on that gold jacket. People no. will think it's you're wearing one for the Golden Panthers, and you become the coach, and no, you no, resuscitate no, 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 that. No, they, they, the coach is fine. They All just right. got to recruit a little better. All right, there you have it. Uh, the word. what are you sweating about? It's hot in here. It's what do you not mean? hot in here. It's very it's hot. Absolutely not even hot in here. Wow. I, I don't know. You, see what you got to look forward to. What? See, at night when you get to bed, <laughs> you turn the air conditioning up to 75, you put all the blankets on. Then you're, then that's nice and cozy. So I you feel, do that. Well, I feel steamy. What can I tell you, you know? Well, you're probably just nervous talking to me. That, yeah. that is definitely true. Intimidating indeed. Well, Iron Mike. Intimidated, but nervous. A little bit nervous. Right. Okay, there he goes. Coach Where? Mike Ditka. That was <laughs> Thank pr- you very much. That was absolutely insane. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the time. Dave. All right. Nice old man, huh? I call him an old man because I call my mother an old bird. You know, old Mo Damashek growing up on the same block with Ditka. That was was fun. (laughs) That's right. Mo Mo Damashek. In fact, she went on to elaborate that he used to hang from um, monkey bars. That she, no, girls would hang from monkey bars. That's where Ditka would get them. When, they were, when their hands were up on the monkey bars, Ditka would come up and pull down the underpants. He didn't deny it. I, he said he can't remember it, but he didn't deny it. Anyhow, <laughs> um, so, uh, so fun stuff with him. All right, we've said it all, and now we're going to wrap it up here. We'll be back with more Huey and Applesauce later on. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com.